let's just say that life you know is uh, full of questions asking how and why and when uh, in other words asking questions you know is the foundation of learning but not all questions are asked for the purpose of le learning or finding out the truth you know some questions are asked to challenge God's supremacy and question his rule uh, these questions stem from our human limitations and from the lack of understanding who God is but not all questions have answers wrapped and neatly tied these unanswered interrogations create more questions and uh, nagging spirit destroying doubt yeah, some choose to live with their doubts ignoring them and moving on with life others become cynical and hardened but there are those who reject those options and continue to ask looking for answers Habakkuk uh, was a man who sought answers uh, troubled by what he observed he asked difficult questions and these questions were not merely intellectual exercises or bitter complaints. Habakkuk saw a dying world and it broke his heart. Why is the evil in the world? Why do the wicked seem to be winning? He boldly and confidently took his complaints directly to God. And God answered with an avalanche of proof and prediction the book of Habakkuk is a short three chapter book of the Old Testament and it is a conversation between God and the prophet Habakkuk let's go to uh, the overview of the book okay uh, the, the prophet's questions and God's answers are recorded in this book as we turn the pages we are immediately confronted with this urgent cries in chapter 1 verse 2 it says oh Lord how long shall I cry and you will not hear even cry out to you violence and you will not save in fact most of the first chapter is devoted to his questions as chapter 2 begins Habakkuk declares that he will wait to hear God's answers to his complaints then God begins to speak telling the prophet to write his answer plainly so that all will see and understand it may seem God says as though wicked triumph but eventually they will be judged and righteousness will prevail judgment may not come quickly but it will come so God's answers fill chapter 2 then Habakkuk concludes his book with a prayer of triumph with questions answered and a new understanding of God's power and love Habakkuk rejoices in who God is and in what he will do the prophet says in chapter 3 verses 18 to 19 yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation the Lord God is my strength he will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels 
One of the main reasons I wanted to share from this book today, brethren, is that is that the, the struggle that Habakkuk faced often mirrors the ones that you and I face in our daily walk with the Lord. And even more so, as currently we go through this unprecedented situation, or at least in our generation. Now, the whole book is seen as a, as a conversation between God and the prophet. We do not see Habakkuk speaking to the people for God, as most of the prophets in the Old Testament. However, we see that Habakkuk was one who spoke to God for on, or on behalf of the people. So the book opens with an appeal for God to end injustice on earth. Things that when seen through the eyes of the prophet made about as much sense to him as like 2 plus 2 equaling 5. God's answer comes that there is going to be a terrible time of judgment coming upon the land through Babylon. Then followed in chapter 3 by the prophets, uh, prayer for Israel and uh, praises to God. Today we're not going to concentrate so much on the reasons for the judgment of God on the nation as they once again forsook God. But we will take a look at a man, okay, the prophet, who had, who had what some might feel every reason to be discouraged. And bitter at God yet you know he, he chose to make lemonade out of the lemons life seemed to be giving to him you know first today we we're, this morning we're going to look at the confusion of the prophet in Habakkuk chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 Habakkuk 1 chapter uh, verse 1 to 4 it says the burden which the prophet Habakkuk, Habakkuk saw O Lord how long shall I cry and you will not hear. Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgments proceeds. Now, one thing you will see as you read the entire book of Habakkuk is that Habakkuk is not complaining just for the enjoyment of doing it or, or even the attention he gets from complaining. You know, Habakkuk would best be defined today as an honest questioner. He knew there were questions uh, deep inside his heart. And that God was secure enough with his Godhood to be asked some of these questions. Now, I want you to know this morning, brethren, that you know we, we serve a, a God who is not shocked and amazed when you and I have questions that we verbalize to him. Because since he's God anyway, he already knows what we are thinking about before we come to him with our questions. I believe there's a quite a difference today between honest questioners and those who have made a career at it, whom we might call career doubt doubters today. You know, these career doubters are ones who, who just can't get, get past all the confusions they have in their lives. 
And when they don't quite understand, understand God and His ways, they don't want anything to do with God or His people. As we grow in maturity in the Lord, we realize that it's not always about our joy, but it is about our success also. You know, some of the paths we have gone in, on in our lifetime have not been ones that we may have chosen, but as a, as a result of going down those paths, we have become a stronger person in the Lord and have been able to appreciate His wisdom in a greater way than if we had not gone down that path. There are some things that we have struggled with in the past in, in regard to understanding the ways and the whys of God, yet we continue to believe in God and, and we love Him no matter what. The honest, the, the honest questioner asks questions without the thought of ever turning their back on God, while the, while the carrier doubter asks questions with the thought of, I'm out of here if I don't get a satisfactory answer from the Lord. The honest questioner has the attitude of, of Job, who, who said in, in chapter 13, verse 15a, Job said, Though he slay me, Slay me, yet I will trust him. While the, the career doubter says like King Agrippa to, to the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 26, verse 20, 28, he said, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. Habakkuk looked around and, he, and didn't see justice happening. In other words, people were get, getting away with things and, and he couldn't understand how God didn't step in and intervene. We may be having similar experience today. We may be questioning God about the state of affair, affairs, in a, affairs in a world of pointless celebrity millionaires and, and billionaires and hard workers in chronic debt, you know, super rich and super poor nip and tuck plastic surgeries and, and children suffering from the lack of basic health care. We may be confused, we may be exhausted, we may be discouraged by all the injustice and, and strife, a lack of goodness and unfairness around us and in our lives, you know, especially when our loved ones are affected in some way, you know, like health, relationships, economic security, and personal happiness, etc. So, we question God about the injustice, about the violence and strife, and, and about His lack of action. We ask, why? What is the point? How long will the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer? <laughs> and God's answer is still the same, that the wicked will not escape God's punishment. While this bothered Habakkuk, he kept trusting and serving God. And you know, don't worry about God about your confusion or even your need to ask Him some questions. If you're a career doubter, then you need to come down from the perch you're on and, and humble yourself before God and throw your entire trust and wait on Him before He will hold you up in your time of trouble. Psalm 27 tells us of a battle that David was going through. Yet we read that 
in spite of it all, he was going to trust God. Psalms 27 verse 13, it says, I would have lost heart. This is what David said. David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David was saying is that if all he did was see the things around him that, does, that don't add up, he would have given up. Yet there was something about him that chose to look at the goodness of the Lord more than the confusion in his mind. Okay, so, so, so Habakkuk voiced his confusion to God and, and now we get to take a look at the answer of God and it may not be what we might expect. So, the answer from God. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5, it says, Look among the nations and watch. God said, yeah. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it, though it were told you. Uh, you know, it, this verse, this verse 5 in Habakkuk chapter 1 sounds great, yeah? Uh, these words must have dropped a glimmer of hope into the heart of Habakkuk. And, and perhaps he sensed that God was about to do something wonderful. And that, final, and that finally all the bad people were going to be dealt with and his life was about to get a lot more comfortable. Yeah? If, if verse 5 sounded great, well, in verse 6, not so much. It says, well, Habakkuk 1 verse 6, For indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth, possess dwelling places that are not theirs I would imagine that as this answer came from God to Habakkuk that there might there might have been a thought in his mind such as uh -huh, uh, Lord is, is that your final answer you know uh, things were going to get real rough for the nation of Israel and and while we may be able to understand that there was that this that this was due to the rebellion it's, it still meant that things were not going to be easy for the prophet either you know in in, in verse 12 to 16 of chapter of chapter 1 the, the prophet answers god back yet with even a few more questions about what seemed to be injustice in what was taking place so in verse 12 to 13 in chapter 1 it says Habakkuk is saying to the Lord, he says, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you, you have appointed them for judgment. O rock, you have mar marked them for correction. You are of pure eyes than to behold evil and cannot look uh, on wickedness. So why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue? when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he. In verses 14 to 16, you know, it, it kind of jumps out at me, you know, because the, the prophet just is it, just getting more confused. He says in verses 14 to 16, Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? They take up all of them with a hook, they catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. 
Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Uh, therefore they sacrifice to the net and burn incense to the dragnet. Because by them their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. Habakkuk was saying, brethren, that the Babylonian, Babylonian army was taking up men and other armies in such a way that there was no respect whatsoever. And, and, and in their celebration, they were not even acknowledging the one and only true God, but it was like they were worshipping the fishing gear. You know, it's a, it's a bit like today, you know, when, when, when God blesses us with tools to serve, to serve Him better, such as our health and fitness, our economic security and jobs, our income and, and possessions, etc., and instead of seeing all these for what they are, the tools to serve God better, we kind of just start idolizing and worshiping them instead of God. Instead of recognizing God as a source of joy and peace, we develop short-sighted view of things, possessions, earthly relationship, etc. as being the source of our joy and peace. So we put these above all else, even God. Bottom line, none of this was adding up. And, and Habakkuk needed some answers from God and he was about to put himself in position, in a position to receive an answer as we see in Habakkuk chapter 2. Verses 1 to 3. It says in Habakkuk 2, 1 to 3. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. In Habakkuk's desire to receive the continual answer from God, we read here in, in verses 1 to 3 that he did a few things that would help him to receive the answer. He put himself in a position to receive an answer from God. We see that he was going to stand at his watch and upon the watchtower. He knew that if he, if he was going to hear the voice of God, he had to be positioned for hearing the voice and not be distracted by the things that were going on around him. Yeah, One thing's for sure, and that is that you know we are going through a period of time in our world with far less distractions that we that we had before than we had before if people may be looking for things to do since we are geared that way but how about taking the time you know uh figuratively figuratively speaking you know like to go to your tower quote unquote wherever that might be and quote unquote listen for the voice of the lord we must not trust ourselves or any other source apart from god you know, like the, the wicked Babylon, Babylonians did. In chapter 2, 9 to 13, it says, chapter 2, 9 to 13, Woe to him who covets evil again, evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, 
that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples, and sin against your soul. For the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the timbers will answer it. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire, and nations weary themselves in vain? You see, Babylonians' riches had come from the misfortune of others, but these riches would only be fuel for the fire. You know, money, money is not evil, but God condemns the love of riches and the evil means of acquiring it. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, Paul writes, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You see, we, we must be careful not to hunger for wealth so much that we lose our appetite for God. We must not allow money to take the place of God. That's what he's basically saying. Now anyway, Habakkuk, Habakkuk was not going to allow his question for God to get in the way of getting into position to receive the answer. We see that while putting himself in a position to receive, he did three things. Number one, he was ready. To watch yeah his watching was his watching was to see what God would say to him he was like focused like a laser beam on the face of God and and not just the hand of God uh, the, the, the difference here is that when you when you focus on the hand of God your service for him is only when he does things for you yet when you are focused on the face of God you serve him for who he is and not just what he does to make your life easier. Again, God is not necessarily concerned with how comfortable you are, but how successful you are spiritually. He is not, you know, a can I get can I get you more pillows kind of God, you see. Number two, Habakkuk was ready to write. The very fact that we have the book of Habakkuk shows that the prophet was ready to receive from God, write it down, and deliver, and deliver it with haste and strength, not only to that generation, but generations to follow. And for those of us who know Christ, we need to remember that we have a message to give to people who need to know that there's a God of hope. God said the vision will come, but Habakkuk, it may not come on your on your timetable but be patient and wait on it because it will come number three Habakkuk was willing to wait okay and this is probably the most difficult out of all three waiting if there is strength and power in waiting for the Lord in Psalm chapter 40 verses 1 to 3 David says Psalm 40 verses 1 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear 
and will trust in the Lord. You know, brethren, waiting for God to help us is not easy. But David received four benefits from waiting. You know, number one, God uh, lifts him out of his despair. You know, a miry clay is a quick sign that keeps going deeper as you try to free yourself. But God lifts him out of his despair. Number two, God set, sets his feet on a rock. God pulled him up from hopelessness and placed on a rock. Number three, God establishes his steps. David's steady progress forward could now be made. And number four, God put a new song of praise in his mouth. God gives us the song, not our circumstances. You see, God is good all the time in good and in bad times. We must hold on to God, though even we, when we don't understand all His ways. Evil and injustice seem to have the upper hand in the world. You can see it all around. Like Habakkuk, we, we often feel angry and, and discouraged as we see what goes on. Habakkuk complained vigorously to God about the situation. God's answer to Habakkuk is the same answer he would give us. God is saying, be patient. I will work out my plans in my perfect timing. And it, it isn't easy to be patient. But it helps to remember that God hates sin even more than we do. Punishment of sin will certainly come. As God told Habakkuk, wait for it. To trust God fully means to, means to trust Him even when we don't understand why events occur as they do. In chapter 2, verse 4c, it says, But the just shall live by faith. The Apostle Paul quotes it in, in Romans chapter 1, 17 and, and Galatians 3, 11. And, and, and the writer of Hebrews quoted it, uh, also quotes it in, in chapter 10, verse 38, just before the famous chapter on faith. So, it is helpful for us who are living through difficult times without seeing signs of hope. We must trust God. That, that that we must trust that God is directing all things according to His purpose. Habakkuk knew that there were going to be difficult times ahead for Israel, but I think it's important we look at the resolve of the prophet in Habakkuk chapter three, verse two. It says, "O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work." In the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk knew that the years that lie ahead were going to be extremely difficult for the nation of Israel and himself. Yet there is one cry that began to well up within his spirit as he looked at the oncoming trials. He says, Oh God, send revivals in the midst of those years. In wrath, remember mercy. You see, what trust, what amazing resolve, and what a desire to maintain a right spirit toward his God. We need, a, we need revival, right? We need to cry out for God to revive his work in our nation. Now, I don't have to go down a long list of, 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 of sin issues and, 
and a lack of integrity that makes the news headlines every day. But I'm, 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 here, I'm, I'm here to say that God is still God. And no matter how devastating the circumstances, look beyond, beyond them and see with confidence the revival and the mercy of God approaching on the horizon for God is good all the time. So we as Christians, you know, we, we, we often get off the beaten track when all we can do is complain about how awful the world is. And I think it will serve us well to continue to realize that God is good all the time, even when, when sinners are doing what they do best, sinning. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we should bury our heads in the sun and, and not see what is going on, but we also should not be filled with a woe is me or woe is us attitude. We should be crying out in repentance first and then experience, experience revival on a greater level than ever before, even in the midst of a time of crisis. Even though Habakkuk knew that difficult days were, were all around him and, and even ahead of him, I love the resolve he had, as we can see here at the very end of the book in Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 to 19. He says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on my high hills. The disasters Habakkuk talks about here are different from the ones we may be going through, but the idea is still the same. You know, we, we survive by placing our hope and trust in God, not by frantically trying to stop the inevitable disasters from happening in our life because some may hit us and we should face them with the right attitude. Regardless of what Habakkuk was going to face, he still used that seven word that says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He continues and, and, and he's saying in these few verses that his faith and trust in God is not based, you know, on the stock market or it's not based on his bank account. It's not based on food, on the fridge and so much more. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. I pray, brethren, that the discomfort and, and pain of the temporary issues which may be on the scale of true disasters, do not overpower and, and overshadow our attitude towards eternity. We can truly trust in God, even in the midst of turmoil. Habakkuk's example is one that should encourage us as we struggle to move from doubt to faith. But we don't have to be afraid to ask God questions. The problem is not with God and His ways, but with our limited understanding of Him. Habakkuk began disoriented and, and disillusioned, fearful and, and resentful. And he took it all to God and God answered him. With the new understanding, Habakkuk was able to walk in faith and patience and joy in the face of most difficult of life circumstances. Habakkuk was able to joyfully submit 
to the sovereign hand and plan of God saying, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Yet is a very interesting word. You know, it bravely faces all the danger, all the devastation, wickedness of sin, and conquers it all with the attitude of surrender to God's wisdom and power and timing. All of these are upon my head, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Not only will I trust the Lord, but I will rejoice in His salvation because the Lord God is my strength. Habakkuk's journey mirrors our own Christian journey through life. We saw that Habakkuk began his journey with a lot of questions. Does God care? Is God fair? Is God there? Habakkuk began his journey with doubt and fear and ended up scaling the heights with God, with feet like a deer, with steps of full confidence and trust in God's protection and guidance. God promises in Jeremiah 29:13, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, brethren, wherever you are in your own personal journey, from doubt to faith, remember to keep seeking God first and trusting Him. Not only when He is blessing you with prosperity and success, but when nothing is left to hold on to. When hope is weak and future invisible, when prospects seem none and all seems lost. At the deepest of your despair, at the strongest of your sorrows, at the loneliest of your days, remember to call upon God's mercy and ask Him to renew and revive your faith. Strengthen your soul to trust and obey Him and help you find joy regardless of the circumstances you may be in. In John 15, 11, as I close this sermon, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior says, John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Amen.